invite you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to talk about some of this. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 18. I will invite you to stand as we engage God's word here. Very, very uh, concise passage, but I hope it speaks powerfully to us this morning. Beginning here with verse 18, hear the word of the Lord. Paul writes, do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery, instead be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. May God add his blessing. You can be seated. John Calvin observed that the sin of the Old Testament times was the rejection of God the Father. The sin of New Testament times was the rejection of God the Son. And the rejection of our modern day is rejection often of God the Holy Spirit. So this morning, we're continuing on this series where we're talking about the work and person of the Holy Spirit, specifically related to how he engages us. And we're told here in the book of Ephesians from the Apostle Paul, be filled with the Spirit. Now, I want to talk about that with this idea. And let me begin with the most basic of Christian doctrine when it comes to salvation. And it it is this. We believe that the moment that you received Jesus Christ, the moment you trusted Christ, you in fact received at that moment the Holy Spirit. We could look at various passages, but let me just give you two. Ephesians 1, for instance, says, When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. When we believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit took up residency in our lives. He lives in you, and he wants to live his life through you. 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Again, you cannot seriously say Jesus is Lord unless you're doing it under the influence and the power and the person of God's Spirit. So if you are a believer this morning in this place, you already have the Holy Spirit in you. And so it is that we have the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But the Holy Spirit must do his work in us, and so he requires our cooperation. I am a child of God, but now the Holy Spirit wants to make me live like one. He wants to transform me. He wants me to look like Jesus. Now, let me remind you very quickly of some of the things that the gift of the Holy Spirit does in us. One, we're told he helps us pray. He teaches us truth. He produces fruit, love and joy and peace and patience. I should have put here, he convicts us of sin. He leads us. He empowers us. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, Jesus said. Paul then says, to each of us this morning in our church be filled with the Spirit. Well, what exactly does that mean? When does that happen? How does it occur? And my challenge for us this morning as a church is to listen 
and ask honestly, am I filled with the Spirit? Am I willing to be filled with God's Spirit? You just saw a man this morning, it seems to me, who gives us as much of an evidence of a person who is filled with the Spirit as I think you'll see. Martin just exudes confidence and vision and delight and love and, and grace. He wants to share Jesus and, and change people's lives for the better, no matter where he is. He, he could live a very comfortable life here in the U.S., come to our church, be a participant, but God has so directed his heart and given him a vision and power and intellect and a desire that you just can't be around him and notice he's on fire for God. The love of God just works so powerfully in him where he has died to himself and says, I want to live for others. And by the way, and the family will tell you this, won't you? That comes at a cost. I bet you miss dad. It's not always easy. But his enthusiasm, and by the way, his spirit then is contagious. And I want to be more like him. I want to have more of an effort than I have. Some, you listen to this and you, you think, well, wait a second here. Is Pastor Jeff going to go off the deep end? If I get filled with the Holy Spirit, does that mean I have to go to Africa? If I get filled with the Holy Spirit, do I have to be willing to give up my stuff? Vance Hadner had a great quote. He said, we become so afraid of getting out on a limb that we never climb the tree. But this morning as believers, let's be the kind of church that's not afraid to climb the tree, to do anything and everything that he wants to do in us. Amen? Paul says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now, debauchery, that's not a word we hear very often. Probably have to figure out what that means. But the idea behind that word is don't do something that's destructive and will debase your life. The NLV, for instance, says don't be drunk with wine because it will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. The message says don't drink too much wine that cheapens your life drink the spirit of God huge drafts of him I like that image so Paul tells us don't do this instead do that there are some similarities to this to, to getting drunk on on wine but but I've got something so much better for you be filled with the spirit to be filled literally means to be permeated, intoxicated with the Spirit of God. You know, as a kid, remember when you had, no, some of you may not, because I don't know, if, do they even do this anymore? But Nestle Quick, and, and you'd take the, the powder off of the can, and, and then you'd put it into the milk, and you'd stir it, and you'd always put a little extra, because, you know, you really wanted that chocolate to be so good. It permeated all of the milk. It was so good. Getting drunk is kind of like that. Now, I'm not asking you to raise your hand this morning, but some of you in this room know what it means to, to get drunk. And when you consume alcohol, it in fact has the possibility of consuming you. Every part of you, your reflexes, your mind, your eyes, 
They take a blood alcohol sample, don't they? They don't take it directly from your stomach because it's everywhere in your body. So you can be filled with wine. In Luke 4, 8, we have this same word. It says, they were filled at rage with Jesus' teaching. So much, they tried, of course, to, to throw him over the ledge of a, of a hill to kill him. So I want us to think this morning about what Paul is saying. He wants us to be filled up with the Holy Spirit. The love of God, the passion of God, the mercy of God, the purposes of God, alive with feeling and emotion where he is everything to us. It's kind of funny if you think about it, but you remember on that first Pentecost when the church was born and the Holy Spirit falls and they're in that upper room and they burst out of that room and you remember what the people of Jerusalem thought about these Christians? They are drinking too much wine. And, and Peter responds, hey folks, even before he preaches, he's got to give a disclaimer here. He says, we're not drunk. It's, it, it's nine o'clock in the morning for goodness sake. So there are some interesting similarities between being drunk on wine and being filled with the Spirit. And I want us to think about that with me. What one, I think, is being filled with the Spirit means you've been consumed by what you've been consuming. God, I want more of you. God, I want all of you. And when I take you in, I become more like you. I'm changed. Now, when you get drunk on wine, one of the problems with that is you lose your inhibitions. In my line of work, I'm not around drunk people very often, but, uh, and I don't have a lot of stories to tell, but I do remember years ago attending a high school reunion. Well, the alcohol, I think, was flowing pretty freely there, and there I was with Mary, and of course we weren't, uh, drinking but a couple of guys suddenly come up and they kind of hold me around the arms and, and they look at Mary and they say your husband was such an animal and then they begin to tell the stories about me on the football field on the gridiron and how I was mean and, and ugly and how I growled and intimidated everyone and I actually told them go on go on kind of kind of tell these stories but I want you to think about it when you are filled with the Spirit, it does remove your inhibitions. Hopefully not in an annoying way. I think of Peter. He had denied Jesus three times before the crucifixion. But man, when the Holy Spirit fell, he went outside of that upper room. He was facing a hostile crowd and 3,000 people got saved because of his preaching. That's what happens. He bold. Acts 4, 13 says they were astonished at the boldness of the church. Stephen was so bold that he didn't care that they were about to stone him because he was filled with the Spirit and was able to forgive them even as they took his life. So that was the early church. You sense that with Martin today. We can do this. Be filled with the Spirit. You know, the, most, the mentality of most of our churches today is that, yes, we need a spirit-filled person, 
but only one. And we hope it's the preacher. It's kind of interesting. I know that uh, you're going to have a meeting here in a few minutes and be taking a vote, and you need to vote to however the Lord leads you. But I, I always think about what, what, what it is that I do as a pastor. What, what do I do as a pastor? And I, I, I just have a couple of uh, pictures here. This is what my mom thinks I do. She thinks I'm doing pretty well, you know, and I got it together. I'm good looking. I can preach, and man, people really just can't wait to hear it. This is what society thinks I do, unfortunately. By the way, this is what my staff thinks I do. Um, this is what most of you think I do, I suspect anyway. OH. <laughs> this is what I think I do. Um, this is maybe what I should be doing. But in so many ways, this is really what I end up doing, at least an awful lot of, uh, I don't know if you can see that or not, but she's sweeping there in the aisles. Imagine, however, everyone in this room saying, Holy Spirit, fill me. Have all of me. I'm yours. Have you ever... Have you ever had that moment when, when you felt that moment of inspiration or celebration or boldness? Or I, I felt this at times in my ministry. Sometimes it's when I'm preaching or sometimes I'm in a meeting or a conversation or doing some counseling when I just know the Holy Spirit is, is upon me and giving me a word and I'm his and I'm being used. And I, I love that. That's, that's a beautiful moment. Years ago, Jerry and Debbie Freed gave this, I don't know what you call it, a knickknack of sorts, I suppose, to, and I put it in my office on my bookshelf, and therefore I look at it almost every time I'm in the office, and it simply says this. It says, God's word sets me on fire. People come on Sundays to watch me burn. And I long for that to be true. But I'll tell you something else I long for. I long for that fire to spread. And it wouldn't just be me, although I pray it would be me, but it would be us, that we would burn with a passion to do what God has called us to do. So being filled with the Spirit is in some ways like getting drunk on wine, Paul says, but in other ways, think about it, not so much. Paul is not here talking about losing your mind. There's a whole movement out there, by the way, that talks about getting drunk on Jesus and they stagger around the church and they cluck like chickens or bark like dogs and I don't see that kind of stuff in Scripture. In fact, the first part of this paragraph in Ephesians 5, Paul writes, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Paul says you've got to be wise, not unwise. That's, that's a term for the mind. It's, it, he says be careful, be, don't be foolish, understand. All of those things suggest that our minds are fully engaged. When 
Paul addresses the Corinthian church, he makes it clear your services should be done decently and in order so that when unbelievers and guests come among you, they're not going to think that you've lost your mind. The Holy Spirit leads us to wisdom and understanding and thinking. When people get drunk, they're not doing that. In fact, when people get drunk, they often want to escape reality. Sometimes people love alcohol because it dulls the pain, but it dulls your brain and your reflexes and your awareness. But think about what happens when the Spirit has control of you. I'd suggest to you that the Spirit makes you more alive. He makes you more aware. He makes you more active, at least your mind. In 2 Kings 6, it's the armies of Syria that have surrounded Israel, and Elijah's servant there is so distraught. He looks out, and he sees this vast army, and he says, there's no hope. We're going to get destroyed. What are we going to do? But he's sitting there beside Elijah, and Elijah what does he do to give this guy an ability to cope with life? Did he give him a stiff drink and say, this will help? No. He prayed that God would open his eyes to see what was really going on. And you remember in that story, God opened that young servant's eyes and he saw the heavens, chariots of fire all around the city and he knew the victory was ours he saw reality God's spirit doesn't always keep us from the pain but he will lift us above it when we are operating under the influence of the spirit we begin to gain a new perspective of what's going on 2 Corinthians 6 Paul says we are sorrowful yet always rejoicing. We are poor, yet we possess everything. That's reality. The fullness of the Spirit lets you see that God's plan is working itself out. It has a purpose, and because of his love, you can trust him. Even if that cup is bitter, there's a steady sweetness because you know he's there. Paul says that his spirit bears witness with our spirit that, that even in the midst of trial and difficulty, his spirit comes and reminds us, you're a child of God. Some of you need to hear that today. His spirit bears witness to our spirit that we are the sons and the daughters of a living God. So Pastor Jeff, when are we filled with the spirit? Normally I don't try to bog you down with too much Greek verbiage, but I think this is a unique word, this word be filled. We read be filled, but it literally means be being filled continually. Be being filled continually. In other words, if you want to talk about being filled with the Spirit, it's happening all the time. It's happening continually. It is our conversation with God saying, use me, fill me up, let me be yours. This is something that happens over and over again. You have the Spirit of God when you receive Christ. Now it becomes a matter of emptying yourself of yourself and making yourself an instrument of him. Lord, empower me through your person. So this is the question. It's not, do I have the Spirit? 
the real question for each of us is does the spirit have me all of me and when that happens my friend he can use you he'll do extraordinary things through you you can be an ambassador of grace to your neighbor you can be kinder you can be forgiving you can be equipped for every good work so pastor how are we filled Jesus told us in Luke ask him James tells us now you have not because you ask not but sometimes you ask with the wrong motives God I know that when you fill me I give you permission to change me because Lord you want to clean out the mess of my life I surrender to you my will my way and I say God I'm completely yours I think we saw some of that in Martin this morning. Now, remember the Holy Spirit is a person. You can hurt his feelings. He's gentle, but you can quench him. If, if, you, if you ignore him and you don't listen to him, in fact, the Galatians says, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If you sin, the Holy Spirit has no way to, to speak to you and to fill you. In Ephesians 4.30, Paul says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. When you grieve over someone, it's because you love them. And parents, some of you know what it is to grieve over your children when you see them making a mistake that you know is going to hurt them ultimately. It hurts inside, you grieve that's how God's spirit feels about us at times I love this illustration I was uh, I was listening it was actually a pastor's conference but then I did a little research where it came from and it came from J. Vernon McGee that's an old preacher he used to have a long ministry on the radio of walking through the Bible but in his commentary on the book of Judges, he tells this story. He says that he was at the Rose Parade in Pasadena just prior to World War II. And he was one of those who got to witness this beautiful pageant. He said there was a beautiful float loaded with American beauty roses. It was a sight to behold, truly glorious and it like so many of the floats was making its way down the avenue with the other floats and with the crowds cheering and in awe of the creativity but the theme of the parade that year was be prepared but right in the middle of the parade this one particular float suddenly stalled it was holding everything else up uh, the bands the floats it wasn't going to go any further and so they're scrambling, trying to figure out what's wrong. And finally, it was discovered that the issue was it had simply run out of gas. And here was the thing. You know who sponsored the float? You know who entered the float into the parade? The Standard Oil Company. Now, this is the one company with all the gas that they needed all the gas in the world but in front of the world it suddenly had no power 
And McGee said, as I looked at that float, I saw a picture of many Christians today. They're beautiful, but they have no power in their lives. They have beauty and prestige, perhaps, but no power. When so much power is available to them. Friends, Jesus knew that you could not live the Christian life without his help. <laughs> he knew it. And he wants to give you that help. Some of you are trying to do this all by yourself. Why? You can live the life that God wants you to live, a life of holiness and kindness and love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. By saying today, Lord, fill me. Help me to be filled with your spirit. And take out anything else that would take its place. You willing to do that today? Our church changes the moment that happens. Our church becomes all that God wants us to be. May we be a church that's filled with his spirit. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, have your way in us. I thank you, Lord, that in this moment we get to just be with you but we are called to examine ourselves. How much power do we really have? But to be honest with you, Lord, there's not much in me. In fact, the truth is, there's nothing in me except by your grace. And I pray, Lord, this morning that I would be filled continually with your spirit that I would have the mind of Christ, that I would see as Christ sees, that I would have the ability to look beyond my circumstances and see what is really going on and that your kingdom is coming, your will is being done. And thank you, Lord, that I can be a part of it. Lord, thank you for the evidence of what we've seen with Martin and his commitment to the mission work that he's doing. I pray for him, but I thank you, Lord, for the evidence of a man who shows us what it is to be filled with the Spirit. May you raise up a, a generation who receives you fully in all your goodness. It's not afraid to be bold, not afraid to take risks, not afraid to pay the price. And yes, Lord, sometimes you call us out of comfort but oh Lord, what a genuinely exciting life it becomes when we are completely yours. Help us, Lord, this morning to hold nothing back. And when you come, we will give you praise and glory, as Paul reminds us, because we thank you that you're willing. We thank you, Lord, in all good things that, Lord, you are going to do what you said you would do you will accomplish your purposes so we give you all the praise we give you all the glory for lord you alone deserve it use us not our just our lips not just our attendance but our lives for your sake through the power of your spirit 
in your name. 